I believe that we are doing right by beginning this new year beseeching the Lord, especially since we have seen the escalation of violence against people of faith, whether they're Jewish or Christians of any stripe. We are living in a violent time. I'm reminded of the scripture where Jesus told them when he was with them, put away your sword, don't even bring a purse with you. And then before he left, he said, take two swords with you. Folks, we are in a two-sword hour. And uh, I thank God we have a security team here who are walking and examining. And you know perfectly well that we are equipped. We believe in the Holy Ghost and the power of the Lord, but we, are, we have also equipped them with some training, and they are equipped. I don't think I need to say anything else. I don't want to see anything happen, but we're going to do what we can. Amen? Amen? And having done all to stand, stand. I believe that you're receiving a handout right now. Uh, the Lord, I didn't know Pastor wasn't going to have the strength to be here tonight. He has been very, very ill with a stomach flu and fever. And uh, I told him, he was going to, he set his alarm to get up for early morning prayer. I said, turn that off. You're not going. I'm, I'm coming for you. Don't, don't even try it. And the church is grateful that he did not bring his buggy self here. <laughs> yes, you are. You may not know how grateful you are. But trust me, I've been taking care of him. You're grateful. And while I was in prayer this morning, um, I feel like the Lord gave me a word to give to us that I'm going to share, but I left, and it's ironic. Um, I had some things I not wasn't even thinking that today was New Year's Day. I noticed that the roads were strangely empty at about 10 till 6 this morning, and they're usually there are a lot of people out that early. Usually 5:30, uh, 4:30 is probably the least amount of traffic on the roads. I've taken planes and been on the road at 4.30 in the morning. But by 6 o'clock, it's busy. And there was no one there today. <clears throat> and I had a couple of cards that I wanted to mail. And I went by the post office, and I walked in to mail my mail. And then I went around without thinking to check our P.O. box. And on the floor, wrapped in a blanket, was a human being. It startled me so, I just almost leaped backwards because I... My heart just kind of skipped a beat because I was there by myself. Someone had pulled out of a parking place. I took her place, and I saw a hooded individual walking across the parking lot. And I just thought to myself, well, and I thought, in the name of Jesus, I just come from a good prayer meeting. I'm going in. And, and this woman lifted up her head and looked me in the eye laying on that floor wrapped up in some kind of an old green army blanket with tasseled hair and and I met her gaze and I started thinking you know I didn't have any plan of action I have the name of Jesus and car keys and that's it I mean you know and so I thought now what should I do that poor soul has found a landing place and I want you to know that our pastor is very tender-hearted and very wise and I didn't come to talk to you about how we give people and 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 the appropriate way of doing that but it's ironic that this happened to me just today 
And he was at home sick in bed, and I felt so quickened. And I said, Lord, I'm not going to wake him up. But I felt so quickened that this woman needed uh, just a breakfast sandwich and a cup of coffee. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to keep your hand on me if this is you because I don't do this. My husband has been very deliberate in saying there's a man on our corner who he knows for a fact drinks everything everybody gives him. So and I asked him one time, and he said, I don't give him money. I'll give him food, but no money. He's, he's going to drink it. So I, uh, I went in the house, and I was so troubled, and I said, I'm going to go to McDonald's. I'll get a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit and a coffee. And I headed back toward the, the post office, and I was like, Lord, you're going to have to lead me because she could attack me, take my keys, take my car. I'm aware. And walking down the street was this huddled figure. And I slowed down right at the Doubletree Hotel. And I said, were you at the post office? And she said, what? I said, were you at the post office? And she said, yes. And I said, well, I brought you some breakfast. I said, here's a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit and a cup of coffee. And I rolled my window up and I thought, Lord, I don't know what that woman will do with what I did according by faith in Jesus' name. But I am quite certain that you kept me from going back into that post office with a sandwich and a cup of coffee. The Lord makes a way if he tells you to do something. Now, I haven't had a chance to tell my husband what I did, but I'm going to. And whatever he says, I'll hear. But I want to tell you something. The Lord responds to faith. He responds to my faith. Now, that doesn't give anybody in here the right to go around looking for homeless people. I've never done that in my life, but she startled me. She scared me in that post office box. And then when she lifted up her eyes, all I could think of was silver and gold, have I none but such as I have. I didn't do that for that woman. I did not do that because she was pitiful. I did that because I heard a word from the Lord. And so it wasn't her need that moved me. It was a feeling of, Lord, if this is you, I would have gone. I, I don't know that I would have walked in the post office, but Sister Susan, she was walking down the street. So I, didn't, I was safe. I was in my car. I rolled that window down just low enough to give her, and she went on her way. Why am I saying that? Because the way God responds to our faith is found in Hannah's prayer. And it does something to you. Now, I, didn't, I want you to understand, I didn't put myself in harm's way, Bishop. I was in the safety of my car, and, my, and it was in drive. You understand? My foot was on the brake. But this girl here could have burned rubber. Are you with me? And yet at the same time, that fine balance between, Lord, if this is you, make a way, I'd say he made a way. So I would say that he confirmed his word. It was him. I didn't get out of my car. I didn't offer her money. I didn't ask her name, and I didn't invite her to church. I just said, here's some food, and I went on my way. I want to show you this Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10. Now, that's my little story today in the new year. I began this new year 
acting on faith. In faith. I have no idea what's going to happen, Sister Laylee, except I believe I found a key. Because I responded not to someone's need, because if I were going to respond to need, then Sister Vicki told me that there are people all over the parking lot at the courthouse who are sleeping in cardboard. Am I, did I dream it? You said when you go to work, they're there. If I'm going to respond to people's needs, then I'm going to have to go find every homeless person in Newark and give them sandwiches and coats. It's different when you are responding to faith in God and not somebody else's need. Do you follow me? Now, I want to show you this prayer. Hannah's prayer to God. In 1 Samuel, the second chapter, we start this prayer. It doesn't say praise. It says she prayed. She didn't praise. She prayed. And here we are. This is our third day of 6 to 10 praying. I want you to look on your sheet, this first verse, Hannah prayed, and uh, Sister Shauna, I think maybe, well, you can leave it, leave it in that version, that'll be fine, that's King James, the version I put on your paper is the Amplified, okay? Hannah prayed, and in the King James Version, she said, my heart exalts, okay, you, you went ahead and put it in Amplified, and triumphs in the Lord, my horn, and now it puts in parentheses so you know what that means. My horn, my strength is lifted up in the Lord. My mouth is no longer silent, for it is opened wide over my enemies, because I rejoice in salvation. Let's go back to the first chapter, if you don't mind. Let's look at the first chapter, and let's look at... 1 Samuel 1 and 11. I want to show you 1 Samuel 1 and 11 so that you can appreciate 1 Samuel 2 and 1. Let's look at 1 and 11. She vowed, saying, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your handmaid and earnestly remember, remember me and not forget your handmaid, but give me a son, I will give him to the Lord all his life. No razor shall touch his head. Verse 12, as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli noticed her mouth. Verse 13, Hannah was speaking where? In her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. So that would be the equivalent of this. No sound, just the moving of her lips. So Eli thought she was drunk. And he said, how long will you be intoxicated? Put wine away from you. And she said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of what? Next verse. A sorrowful spirit. Everybody say a sorrowful spirit. spirit. Now I'm going to tell you something. The Lord didn't say it's wrong to have a sorrowful spirit. You bring your sorrowful spirit and you come right to God. She said, I have a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink. But what was I doing? I was pouring out my soul. This is the week, folks, that we pour out our 
souls. You don't hide your sorrowful spirit. You can hide it from me, but when we go to that prayer room, when you kneel down at your house, you pour that thing out. You don't hide it. You don't hold it in. Whatever is grieving or has grieved you before the Lord. That's why he said, my house shall be called a house of for all people. He said, I want everybody to come cry to me. I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Then she said in verse 16, Don't regard me as a wicked woman, for out of my great complaint, everybody say great complaint. Great complaint. Bitter provocation. Everybody say bitter provocation. bitter provocation. She said, If you knew what was causing me grief, he didn't say, Well, tell me, and then I'll determine whether or not you have a right to be sorrowful. Nobody gets to tell you, don't cry. Don't be sad. No, when you feel this, there's only one thing to do. Get to the house of the Lord and pour it out. Get to the presence of God and pour it out. Don't hold it in. Don't explain it away. Don't try to put it under the carpet. Don't try to dump it out the window. There is a place for a great complaint, a sorrowful spirit, and bitter provocation. She said, I am being provoked beyond what I am able to handle. I can't take it anymore. This is the perfect week for us to hear this. This was my Bible reading. I'm reading along with all of us on the 40 days, but my Bible reading today was in Samuel. So he turned to her in verse 17 and said, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant your petition which you've asked of him. He said, go, you have my blessing. He didn't say, well, tell me your prayer request. I don't have the right to walk up to you and go, stop that crying. You have a right as a child of God to present yourself and pour out everything that's tearing you to pieces. Hallelujah. That is such a pleasure and a treasure to be able to tell God what's bothering you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That is glorious. So 40 days of fire and early morning prayer, that's not a curse. That's a blessing. You get to dump it out. And then he said, go your way, God grant. And then, verse 18, this lifted her up that he responded to her. Let your handmaid find grace in your sight. So she went her way and ate, and her countenance was no longer sad. She knew she'd been heard. Now, I want to tell you something. <coughs> in the process of our praying this week, you may not see 15 seconds of change from your prayer meeting in the morning, except you know you've been heard. And it changes your perception. Now let's go back to what she said. Now after she had that baby, the Bible said Elkanah, you could read it in the first chapter, Elkanah knew her and the Lord remembered her. So Elkanah being intimate with her wasn't a guarantee she was going to have a child, but God remembered her. Remember that was part of her prayer. Remember me and give me a child. And so the Bible said the Lord remembered her. Well, then in 1 Samuel, the second chapter, this was her response to what God did. This is so wonderful. 
So Hannah prayed and said, my heart, woo, my heart, oh my heart, that sorrowful, bitter heart. When God heard her and answered, she said, I've had a heart change. Say, so Sister Shostrand, why are we beseeching the Lord? And why did the Lord give you the prayer of Hannah? Because I'm going to tell you what God's going to do for us before he does it. Say, well, we've done 40 days of prior, prayer before. Is he going to save my boy? Is he going to, he's going to hear your prayer. It's the hearing and the God's response that does what Hannah had happened to her. Say, well, what if I'm asking for something that, does, that takes longer than nine months? I believe God will give everybody here who sets out on this journey, I believe he's going to give us a token. I believe he's going to say, I heard you, hold on to this. This is the evidence that I heard you. Now, why did I tell you the little story? I didn't know if the Lord was telling me to go back to that homeless woman or not. I said, Lord, you're going to have to direct me. If this is you, I mean, I, and do you know, you know what's so bizarre? Do y'all know what street I turned down? I went to Union. I got on the freeway and I got off the, the main street exit. You know the McDonald's that's over there by Union and, and Main Street? That's the one I pulled into. And then I went down Main Street and I turned, I turned so that I went past the cleaners, quality cleaners. I'm not sure what street that is. Church? I was on church. Listen to me. She was walking down church. What are the chances? Do you follow me? What are, what are the chances that she would be walking down the street that I had turned? I didn't know she was going to leave. I didn't know she'd be there. I was just taking action by faith. Lord, if this is you, you're going to have to direct me because I don't know what I'm doing and my husband's asleep and I'm not waking it up. But I feel like I must respond. Give her something to eat. Well, how do I, I know not to give money. I've been schooled. Don't ever do that. And these are the resources of my family. What am I going to do? I'm not responding to her need. I wasn't going over there. Oh, you poor little thing. I'm going to save you. I felt the Holy Ghost go, go. Lord, if it's you, you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to make a way. And here she comes down the street. All wrapped up in her green army blanket. And I stop. And she's over there. And I roll the window down. Were you at the post office? She stops. She doesn't know whether she wants to answer that or not. Evidently, that's illegal. I don't know. Were you there? Yes. I brought your breakfast. Say, why? Why is, why is the Lord doing this? Because he's going to make me triumphant in him. I didn't go, isn't that wonderful? She got the Holy Ghost. I gave her, look at what I did. I was like, God, you heard my prayer. 
Now, why is that important? Because we just heard a message on Sunday that the kingdom and the power and the glory belong to Jesus. If you read the news, it doesn't look like that. But clearly from this pulpit, the message is, regardless of what you see, regardless of what you've been through, regardless of what you're going through now, the kingdom and the power and the glory belong to God. Doesn't look like that when your family's falling apart. Doesn't look like that when your health is bad. Doesn't look like that. But Hannah said, I went there and the priest accused me of being drunk, but I have the evidence God heard me. And she said, it's done something to my heart. My heart exalts and triumphs, not in Samuel. She didn't say, look at that beautiful little boy, and he awesome. She said, God, my strength is lifted up where? In the Lord. I'm my mouth. Remember when she went to the temple nine months and three years earlier? Do you remember what happened? She couldn't even speak. Have you been so grief-stricken that you couldn't even talk? Have you knelt down in the prayer room and all that came out of you were groanings that could not be uttered and you can't even name what's going on in your life, in your family, in your head, in your body? You're so grief-stricken. Well, let me tell you, Hannah is telling us, you pour it out before the Lord. You're going to have a moment when you're going to come back out of this 40-day trip saying, my heart triumphs in the Lord my strength has been lifted up in the Lord and my mouth is no longer silent I'm surrounded by a lot of quiet little people and Sunday, Sunday afternoon we gave a lot of people an opportunity to testify and I kind of had a call on some folks and kind of encouraged a few others but I want to tell you something when you have had a Hannah experience no one's going to have to prompt you because you're going to say my mouth is no longer silent God has done great things for me I want you to lift your hands right now I'm telling you the Lord is encouraging us to respond to this 40 day opportunity to seek God's face hallelujah she said my mouth it's opened over my enemies my enemy has been tormenting me your children are never going to be saved your health is going to crumble God has forgotten about you you're going to go out with a sputter you're, everything around you is failing you either have to say God I hear you calling me to prayer and consecration if you heard Hannah surely you will hear me yeah. Amen. Woo! does he hear he said, when I come, will I find faith? She said, I've opened my mouth wide over my enemies because I'm going, ha, 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 ha. No. She said, you sent salvation. Now, I know it sounds crazy, and I didn't know I was going to have a, a, a life example today, but the Lord sent my salvation because he gave me a word to go give somebody something to eat, and then he protected me when he did it. He didn't send me into that post office. Do you hear me? Do you see how he coordinated her walking down the street with me driving right past her? 
That's how I know it was him. What does that do for me to know that at 6 o'clock in the morning, at 6.35, he was already ordering my steps. And by 7.05, I had turned around and gone back to, to get what I felt like I needed to. And I'd never done it in my life and been taught, don't do it, don't do it. You're a woman, you're alone. And yes, I am, I'm a woman and I'm alone. And I may wind up eating a biscuit by myself. Because if anything about this feels wrong, I'm going to bail. Because we're living in a wicked hour. Hallelujah. But I saw the Lord's salvation. He made it possible for me to do what he asked me to. You know what I'm telling you? If God's put you in a corner so you'll pray a prayer, he's going to give you the ability to do what he's asking you to pray for. Oh, lift your hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. I'm rejoicing in your salvation. God is not going to ask us to pray for something we cannot sustain. I am not called to save the world. I am called to shepherd a group of sheep. You who I am called to respond to and for. And your needs to make sure that you're well fed and well supplied and cared for and loved and protected. And, and when you're in trouble, we don't abandon you. But that's what my calling is. And my calling is not to be your friend, although I'd love to be friendly with you. And my calling is not to, uh, to tell you how beautiful and wonderful you are. I am supposed to be part of the team that presents you faultless before his glory. And this church needs to rejoice in salvation and the only way we can is if we will beseech the throne of God and pour out what is wrong. Oh, let's lift our hands again. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I want you to look at this. She didn't keep her mouth shut. She said, I'm going to have to tell it. And then verse 2. She gave glory to God, not Samuel, not Elkanah, and not Eli. Do you know what came out of her mouth? All she had eyes for was the Lord. She said, there's none holy like the Lord. Do you know what I'm going to encourage us to do? I'm going to encourage you to pray this prayer before the Lord. To get down with your Bible and to say, Lord, I'm going to pray Hannah's prayer before you even answer me. There is no one like you. I'm telling you, I have lived long enough to say that. There is no one like the Lord. Nobody's holy like him. I haven't met anybody that could touch his holiness. He is cool at all times. He is angry when it's appropriate. He's merciful when it's appropriate. He does not respond to people's manipulations or their threatenings. He is God all by himself and he does what's right all the time. He is unique. One of a kind. There's no one equal to him. And then she said, not only is there no one like the Lord, there's none beside you. There's no rock like our God. She was going, God? First she said, I'm going to look at y'all. Did you know there's no one holy like the Lord? And then she said, Lord, I'm going to look at you. There's none beside you. And then she said, I'm going to tell all of you, there's no rock like our God. 
Now this is while I'm standing here and I'm reading stories from the news, Fox News and Apple News and all the bad stuff they put on. And we were just at Disney World and so help me God, a day ago there was a headline that came across. A woman jumps off the ferry into the man-made lake at night and they had to rescue her at Disney World. Who tries to commit suicide at Disney World? I was just there. I've seen those fairies. I didn't write it, but we are living in an hour when the message is this. Curl up and die. There is no God. Well, I'm here to tell you. There is no rock like our rock. There is no God like our God. And we're going to beseech him because we're going to rejoice in his salvation. Oh, lift your hands. There's no rock like this rock. Hallelujah. Impenetrable, strong, powerful, safe, mighty, and a refuge. Then you know what she turned around and did in verse 3. Put verse 3 up there. Talk no more so very proudly. I have a feeling that Hannah turned around to her adversary. And our Bible says our adversary goes to and fro like a roaring lion. You say, well, my adversary's got a name. His name is... Her name is, I'm going to tell you something. I don't believe that our enemies are people. I believe the devil's using people to get to us. I believe our enemies are spirits. And I believe that he uses spirits to talk through news commentators and media. I think he uses to send arrows right at us to reduce or diminish or demolish our faith in God because he has come to steal and destroy. Well, he's already got the world, so who is he after? Us! So she turned around, and when you are fighting a battle, and you are worn out, slap-dab worn out, and your enemy keeps feeding you with junk, I'm not telling you can't, we're going to go on a media fast here directly. I'm not telling you you can't look at the news. I'd be a moron. You know very well that we keep up with what's going on. We have to watch and pray. But she turned around and I'm going to say, you can say this to your enemy. Talk no more very proudly. Oh, spirits. Oh, adversary. Watch what you say. Let not arrogance go forth out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. Watch out what you say. You're not coming against me. You're coming against the God of the host of the armies of Israel. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The first and the last. I don't have to defend myself against CNN, C-SPAN, ESPN, Fox News. I don't have to defend my beliefs as a Christian. You're not coming after me. You're coming after the rock. And he said, God is a God of knowledge. He knows everything. He knows about all the other presidents that weren't impeached. And he uses presidents like people use a toothbrush and a hair comb, bobby pins, and a vacuum cleaner. Do you hear me right now? He uses people just like they use him. They invoke his name and he moves them around. He is a master statistician and he knows the beginning from the end. 
he said, and this is it, underline this. By him, actions are weighed. We're going to put some action to our faith. That's why you're praying. If you don't believe this, you won't, you won't pray. Not 30 seconds at your house. I, but I'm, I'm so thankful that the people who are here tonight, I already know you've been praying. I can feel the force building. And some of you have already come and said, you wouldn't believe the things that have come against us. Oh, yes, I would. My husband's phone started ringing sick as he was. It hadn't stopped ringing from Monday to this very day. He's had people all over the United States calling and saying, can you help us? We're under a attack can you give us a word can you give us encouragement you know what that means that means that the devil can see if my people call by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways out here Hannah are you out there I believe there are going to be some people rejoicing with me she said you be careful what you say watch it do you know that there's a scripture in the book of Jude that said people like brute beasts speak about powers they know nothing of, showing their ignorance basically. And the Bible said even when the devil came to fight with Michael over the body of Moses, he durst not bring a railing accusation against him, but simply said, the Lord rebuke thee. Michael had such a reverent fear of God, the archangel, that he refused. He basically said, watch out, God knows. Now, most of us would like to put a little more punch to our words. If I was fighting with somebody in a word battle, I'd be slinging some stuff. You understand me? But I'm going to answer that question when we go a little further. Now, I want you to look at the declarations this woman made about God. All she got was a baby, folks, but it opened her world. She said, God, you have done some amazing things. And her first declaration was, God changes the balance of power. We're going to verse 4. The bows of the mighty are what? Now, if you've never been shot with an arrow, knowing that your enemy's bow is broken doesn't mean a thing to you. I'm going to tell you what. I read a scripture that said some of the men in Gibeah of the tribe of Benjamin could throw a slingshot at a hair's breadth and not miss in their left hand. I can't imagine what they could have done with a bow and an arrow. And those bows were big and they were tight and they were powerful so they could get some distance. And he said, she said, the bows of the mighty. These forces coming against us, we're not dreaming it. The things that depress you and discourage you and demoralize you, all of these spirits have ganged up, whether you have lost someone you love or you're experiencing loss of your health or finances or whatever it is, the devil will piggyback on all of it to take you down. And whatever he uses, the Bible said there are fiery darts. Oh, he uses a bow. Silent and deadly. And Hannah said, what was coming against me that has broke my heart and penetrated my skin and hurt me, the bow of the mighty is broken and those who stumbled, oh, I'm so weak I can't take much more, oh, are girded. Come here and let me bind you up. 
Come on, I'm going to give you some strength. Sister, show strand that ankle's weak tonight. I'm going to bind that up. And I found something in there for me, for me especially, for me especially in Hannah's prayer. She expanded her prayer to include all those who are strong in might by weapons and word or circumstance. She said, I don't care what your strength is. My God broke your strength. And he diminished to nothing the attacks of her adversary. And then she said, the satisfied become hungry and the hungry become satisfied. Remember when Jesus said, blessed are them who are poor, Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are them that mourn. They shall be comforted. Blessed are them who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be. Yeah. He was comparing emptiness and satisfaction. And Hannah said, when God answered my prayer, I saw, I saw that the strength of my enemy. So when we're praying, and I know you're going to pray for your household and your own little need, but you know what I'm expecting from this prayer? You know what I saw in this? Everybody going to have a victory. That it's not going to be just one or two. Or everybody going to go, woo! Now, I don't know if we'll all go, woo, together. But he said, I'm going to see to it that those that seek my face, I'm going to turn the tide. I'm going to turn the tide. She expanded her prayer. Now let's look at verse 5. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread. When God got up on Hannah's behalf, the spirits that had been attacking her, now we know good and well it was Peninnah. But what does the Bible say? Resist the devil and he will... I think this woman experienced what it feels like for that oppression to go bam, and you're like, woo, I broke through, I've had a breakthrough. We sing about it, what do you think that means? You're not breaking through that wall, you're breaking through the wall of oppression. You're breaking through that feeling of loss, you're breaking through that mourning, you're breaking through that discouragement, you're breaking. He said, get down on your knees and come to me like Hannah, pour it out. Say, well, Lord, I don't have anything but bile, pour that out. Lord, I don't have anything but bitterness. Pour it out. I don't have anything but hurt. Pour it out. Lord, but you don't know about my complaint. Pour that thing out. Because after chapter 1 is chapter 2. Hallelujah. Pour it out. And she said, those who were full. My enemies come at me full force. And I felt weak and discouraged and just hard. Man, he's running. And those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. I am satisfied with what God has done for me. The barren has borne seven. How many children did she have after she got pregnant by Elkanah that one time? Did she have triplets, y'all? Quadruplets, quintuplets? How many children did she give birth to? One! And you know what she said that answered prayer did for her? She said, I didn't have nothing, but I've had seven. There are some prayers when God answers, it will fill you so full, you will feel like you have had a revival of 5,000. I'm 
telling you, this is why we pour it out. This is why you don't do this fast to please me or to please pastor or so that people can see. You're not going to get no gold star from me, so don't do it for that. But when you get serious with the God that hurt Hannah, you can expect a result. That's what chapter 2 says. It says you can expect it. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children languishes and is forlorn. Do you know what that means? It took the wind out of that woman's sail. She said all these kids, but they didn't mean a thing to her. It was all about competition. When Hannah got that one baby, it made her adversary so furious she couldn't see her blessings anymore. I'm going to tell you something. When God stands up and fights for you, your enemy has to slink away. I think I want to say that again. When God stands up and fights for you because you've been talking to him, you're not fighting your enemy. Don't fight Peninnah. Don't fight Elkanah. Don't fight Eli. Get on your face and go to God. Oh, I am a Honda. Go to God. Go to God. Everybody say, go to God. Hallelujah. Without naming her, Hannah, describe what it feels like to be those who have persecuted her once they have seen what God has done. They're no longer satisfied, but the hungry are. Hallelujah. When we see, receive an answer in prayer from the Lord, it's the richest of all rewards. Now, let me tell you what else she said. Not only did she say, God's going to reverse this. Right now, I'm, my face is to the floor, but I'm coming up from here. That's what Hannah chapter 2 says. I'm coming up. I'm down right now. I'm coming up. Why? Because the Lord's going to hear me. 40 days of fire is not to impress people and it's not to find, give you busy work like elementary school children. It is so the Lord will hear us and whatever it is that's bothering us. So he can answer. Say amen. amen. Number two, she said God is all powerful. Now we're going to verse six. Look what she said. Now our... Our government just responded to the attack on the American embassy in Iraq and they killed 25 militants with firepower. Probably did drones to do it. Took them out. Took them down. But you know what Hannah said? God has power over what? Life and death. She said the Lord slays and then what does he do? He makes alive. He brings down. I'm telling you. Oh, but you don't know what's happening. It said the Lord does this. Hannah didn't say, oh, that evil man over there. Because remember, Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth is given to me. He said, I can take it down to show, meaning hell, and I can bring it back up again. That's how powerful our God is. That's what you have to focus on. You cannot focus on the confrontation. You cannot focus on your barren womb. You cannot focus on the people around you that can't meet your need. Don't do it. I'm telling you now. Hannah chapter 2 says, when you get a hold of God and God gets a hold of you, there is a response. And she came back and said, it wasn't Elkanah. It was God. It wasn't Elkanah. 
Then, second thing, I'm under number two on your second page. Are you there with me? God is all-powerful not only over life and death, but over what? Wealth and poverty. Power and weakness. She said in verse 7, the Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and what else does he do? And he lifts up. How is it possible that she knew that? Because she'd already been low and she'd been poor. And now she was experiencing high and rich. Hallelujah. Oh, let's thank the Lord. I tell you, I feel the blessings of the Lord. They maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the needy. It'd be worth it to be needy to let God be the one to lift you up. Can you imagine what that feels like when God says, get up from there? I love you. I'm going to raise you up. Woo! <laughs> she said, that was me in ashes and mourning. I was in dust and ashes, the ash heap. And then to make them sit with nobles. She said, my heart is so full of confidence right now. The Lord has changed my perspective on my life, my attitude, my station in life. I'm not barren anymore. I'm not depressed. I'm not discouraged. I'm rich and I can feel it. I'm blessed and I know it. I have been low and now I've been raised. I've been poor and now I'm rich. I've been in mourning, but he gave me beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You don't have to tell me to praise and open my mouth. I've been low and now I'm up. Yeah. Hallelujah. Say, well, Sister Shostrand, I'm low right now. Grab on to Hannah. Grab on to Hannah. You say, I'm in chapter 1. Chapter 2 is coming. Hallelujah, chapter 2 is coming. He has raised us up to sit with him in heavenly places. Now, I want you to look at number 3. This is where I, I just had to take a step back. Number 3 corresponds to verse 9. God makes a difference in people. You listen to me. This equality thing. Okay. Equal work, equal pay. Treat everybody with dignity. All right, I'm fine with you. But God makes a difference. You better hear me right now. You may not like it. He makes a difference. Do you know what the Bible says? He will guard the feet. That's my promise right there. He's going to guard the feet. That means what gets you around and the steps those feet take. The Bible said he'll give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways lest you... Oh, he didn't say so you don't. He said you might hit a rock and you're getting ready to stumble. And I'm right there. I'm not going to let you go down. You could have. But I'm making a difference in you and everybody else. Guard the feet of the godly, his godly ones. So the Lord watches over our feet as well as our steps. And then look, look, he said, I'm going to show you the difference in how I view people. I make a difference between godly people and wicked people. He said, I'm going to watch over the very feet of the godly. But the wicked, 
See, Hannah was talking to some wicked people when she said, don't talk so arrogantly. You better watch. God is a God of knowledge. He knows. And he weighs actions, not words. You talk big. Let me see your actions. He said, what is he going to do to the wicked? First of all, he's going to shut their mouths. You don't know how meaningful that is unless somebody has come after you, provoking you with words. You say, well, how does my enemy provoke me with words? You ever have thoughts come in your mind that just get you all worked up? Well, there you go. Sticks and stones may break your bones and words can hurt you. You better believe they can. And he said, I'm going to keep your feet, number one. And number two, I'm going to shut the mouth of the wicked. But I'm not going to just do that. He said, I'm going to shut their mouth and they're going to perish in the dark. He was very specific about how their end is coming. You say, well, why do I care about that? Because the Bible says, as this day approaches, evil men will wax worse and worse. And it's not that you want to see anyone hurt, but when people are given over to wickedness, I, I will be glad when the Lord chains the devil for a thousand years. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to tell you right now. He said, they're going to perish in darkness. I want everybody to read that last, after that semicolon. For by strength shall no man prevail. You can rant and rave. You can pack guns. I know our nation is arming itself, but we're not going to prevail by weapons. Because it is written, not by might, nor by power, but by my so we've got to tank up on the Holy Ghost. Let's look at this last verse. Hannah stepped out of herself and prophesied. She got so excited that she looked into the future. And she said, God will utterly. Now there's a tide turning against Christians. There is a tide turning against people of faith. Have you seen it? Can you feel it? Do you know it? Surely you're not blind to it. I read an article that said Christianity died in the year 2010. Millennials have stopped coming to church and they're not teaching their kids. Well, you can see that yourself. So you know what I've been saying? Well, why are we here then, Lord? The only thing I can say is there are still some people that need to be saved and he is perfecting his church. I'm not going anywhere. I do not want to be in the dark. I don't want to perish in the dark. If I perish, let me perish in the light. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to perish in the light, but not in the dark. I'm aligned with Jesus. I'm going to stick to him. But I want you to look at the end of this. The adversaries of the Lord, not the adversaries of Janus. Because what's coming against you is not against you. If you cave and fail God and fall out, he's going to come after the person next to you and on either side of you. He will never be satisfied with your demise. He wants us all. So he's not, an, he's not my adversary. He's his adversary. He's trying to fight everything that's precious to God because he hates the Lord. And the Bible said, The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to 
pieces. So he's not just going to go death. He is going to cut them up into pieces. I think that shows a little bit of passion. Would you say? I'm not talking about people being enemies of mine. Although there are some people that surely hate us. But there's a spirit that has been sent to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's the Lord's adversary. And he's going to cut that up into pieces. Against them will he thunder in heaven. There's a scripture in Revelation that said an angel went to the altar and took fire and mixed it with the prayers of the saints and threw it down to the earth and there was thunder and earthquakes and shaking. I'm telling you while we are praying this week and our prayers are rising to an altar that is in heaven, not in the prayer room, not in the sanctuary, but your tears are being recorded in a heavenly sanctuary. And the Bible says, there is an angel who takes those prayers and mixes it with fire from the altar and throws it to the earth and there will be thunder and earthquakes and a great shaking. I want you to lift your hands. Hallelujah. Would you stand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said he is going to thunder against his adversaries, not against his children. He's not coming to scream at you, but he is going to hurl at his adversaries. The Lord will judge all peoples to the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. In this backdrop of your tribulation, Whatever struggle you're going through right now, I'm going to ask you to come to the front. And we're going to just worship together for a moment. I know you're tired. We've been battling sickness, and God only knows what you've been battling since Christmas. But our pastor said to remember this, and I put it at the bottom of your page. Thine is the kingdom. The power and the glory. I know it looks like right now, I walked into the prayer room and of course I know some of the needs that we've been carrying. I want to share a, a testimony with you just briefly. I asked the ladies to pray and I put brother and sister William Singleton on our prayer list and had, pastor called out their names. Pastors in North Carolina, South Carolina. She must be about 75. Sister Elaine and she's been going through cancer for the third time. They've been married over 50 years, have children and grandchildren. She's suffered because the chemotherapy left blisters in her mouth, on the bottoms of her feet, and in the palms of her hands. And she finally had her daughter call me because she couldn't talk. And her daughter said, it doesn't look good. Mom is suffering. She's in hospital, and they've, they're just, we're just waiting. Here I am in Florida with my family on the only sunny day there was on Christmas Day. And my phone rang and I looked down and it was her. And I've been going through this with her. We connected while I was on the road and fell in love with her. And she would call me on my birthday and sing happy birthday to me. Leave a recording. Precious woman of God. Called me and I said, hello. Is this Sister Singleton? Yes, it is, she said. I said, you sound wonderful. Are you home? She said, I just got home today. 
She said, I just wanted to let you know that the Lord raised me up and touched my body. I said, he most certainly did because she couldn't even talk. You say, well, what if she dies? I'm going to stand here and tell you that our God is powerful. And the adversary that comes against us to tell us that hope is gone, Abahiah is a liar. As long as there is God, there is victory. Hallelujah. I want you to gather in close and we're going to pray together and sing and worship before the Lord. Bishop Joe Strand, come lead us in a prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands right now and let's praise him.